This week's guest is a Bassmaster Classic qualifier that did one of the toughest things to do in pro fishing, not once, but twice in the same year. Qualified for the Bassmaster Elite Series, both through the Bass Nation as the national champion and through the Bassmaster Opens. Pat Schlopper, this week on... Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Friends, family, freeloaders, and fishing freaks, welcome back to the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. And wow, if you haven't subscribed, now it's time to jump on. This is your opportunity because we are at 99,000 subscribers, 1,000 away, or a little less than 1,000 away when this airs. From 100,000 subscribers, you don't want to be one of those people who were like, I wasn't one of the first 100,000s because, um, you know, they, it's so much cooler. I don't know. Please just press the button down below. I appreciate you guys listening every single week. It makes a big difference when you subscribe. And uh, it also makes a big difference when you just like the video. If you like any video you watch on YouTube, take a second and just hit the thumbs up button. That really helps us. All of us YouTubers, and and honestly, if everybody would just do it, we'd stop doing this. And I don't know if I'm a YouTuber, but I just threw myself in that mix. So um, big week for the channel, big week for dads all around the world. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. This is your reminder. It is hump day, halfway through the week. Well, this Sunday's Father's Day. So if you haven't got him anything, go, 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 go now. Um... This week's guest is a cool one, Pat Schlopper. I've wanted to have him on here for a long time. Um, what he did to get in the Elite Series, I think, is way overshadowed. I mean, he qualified through not just the Bass Nation, but all through, also through the Bassmaster Opens. And when you have people saying that, like, to qualify for the Elite Series, like winning the lottery, well, he won the lottery twice in one year. Um, speaking of twos, he's got two Phoenix Boats Big Bass Awards this year. And he's a good dude, and he promised me he would be 1,000, well, I guess 100 is the maximum, 100% honest on this show, and that's the only rule when you come on the Silly Little Podcast, and I appreciate you guys swinging by each and every week. We are just here to give you a little break from the monotony of the world with our tomfoolery here, and uh, I can't say our unless I bring in our guest, because it's just me. So let's turn this into an hour and bring him in right now. Bassmaster Classic Qualifier, Bass Nation National Champion, the one and only Pat Schlopper. Pat Schlopper, I appreciate you doing this from deep within the dojo. You are surrounded by many, regaled by many, many titles or trophies behind you. That's, that's quite an impressive room. Oh, I've got a lot of them that I've accumulated over the years. That's uh. That's just a fraction of what's up in the basement and piled up in the closet. So a lot of them are just smaller local stuff, but they still mean a lot to me. Yeah. Got you where you are. So this week, my whole, uh, first of all, let me ask the question. Why is it Schlopper and not Schlapper? I mean, I, there was a point in me when I first read your name and I was like, Pat Schlapper, I can't wait. What did the five fish say to the scale? Slap! But it's Schlopper. Yeah. What, who it, changed it? I don't know. That's what it's always been. I I didn't choose the way it's pronounced, I guess. That's just how it came over, I guess. So that's, I still, there's still a lot of people that say schlapper, but uh, most of the people who know me, they, 
they pronounce it properly. Not because of me. I mean, I express the schlop. Uh, like, I, I really try to make it stay. And actually, in retrospect, I like schlopper better than slapper. I think slapper would have just been ordinary, but I think schlopper is, I mean, number one, it's your name. And I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's uh, you know, growing up playing sports my whole life, it uh, was always mispronounced. And, you know, that's it's nice when it's pronounced properly. I like it, too. What sports did you play growing up? I played hockey pretty much my whole life. And then I golfed a lot uh, through high school. I would always golf on the high school team until fishing season opened. And then I would quit and start fishing. And the coach knew it. You know, he was a family friend. And the week before fishing would open, he would always ask me, you know, are you going to be around for any more meets the rest of the year? And I'd say, no, you know, I might, I'd still go golf for free every once in a while, but I quit, I quit playing um, any of the golf meets, but that was pretty much it. A little bit of football, but I quit that uh, my freshman year so I could bow hunt more. Um, but hockey pretty hard until about four years ago, I quit playing hockey. So, yeah. So you, for you, it's always been fishing though. Like always been the, cause I, like I'm a weirdo like that. And I think most people in this line of work really like very few, they're always like, it's just, there's for what, like before even Bassmaster was a thing, fishing was a thing. Like I just knew that I need to do this more. There's two things I've done in my life that as soon as I did them, I was like, I'm going to do that again. Uh, one of them is fishing. <laughs> yeah. I think I know the other one too. And I agree. But yeah, for me, I was uh, really fortunate where I grew up. You know, I'm one of those people that you don't, I think it's common, but you don't really realize how good you had it growing up until you're a little bit older but I grew up with a family that that's what we did was fish. My dad, you know, was probably the hardest working guy. No, he would work his butt off at a normal job. And then he worked on our farm after that. And then he would take us fishing and it didn't always start. It didn't start as bass. It was more, you know, Northern Wisconsin. It was walleye. It was pike. It was musky. It was panfish. Uh, you know, I went to Canada every year since I was probably eight, at least one time a year, a lot of years, two times. Um, that was our big family trip. I went out West trout fishing, you know, in high school. Uh, that's, that's what I did. So it, it, if you were a schlopper in Northern Wisconsin, you fished, you worked hard and you fished. That was what we were known for. So, uh, still holds true today with my, my dad and my brothers and pretty much everybody else in the family. Tell me about who Pat Schlopper is, because there's a lot of people who watch you on the Elite Series, I'm sure, and have seen some, you know, won a Bass Nation event, qualified to be here. You've had some highlights, you know what I mean? Obviously, I think you're having a great season this year, two kind of hiccups, but I feel like you're having an incredibly consistent year. I mean, you had three top 20s in a row, basically, and one of them was a top 10, and you've won two Phoenix Boats Big Bass titles, but I also feel like you're the kind of dude that, a lot of people might not know a lot about you. Yeah, you know, I'm not. That's part of kind of growing into this. I don't know if I would call it a career, whatever it is for me, is, you know, I'm not the big flashy guy with the film crew and the 10 million followers on Facebook and YouTube. You know, I'm just kind of a normal guy that took a major risk at the age of 38 years old and, and left a really good career to, to try and, and what, what was your career? Sorry. Well, I worked, I worked, I went to school to be a teacher actually. And I graduated in 2006 
And at that time in Wisconsin, teacher, teachers were, that was a highly desired job. Yeah. And, you know, I was a male, I was certified first through eighth grade and I was a male in that field, which was kind of rare, really good grades, really good letters of recommendation, but I couldn't get a job. Almost impossible. I subbed for, for two years in eight different, there's uh, six, seven different districts around the area. And I just, I had one interview in two, you know, a year and a half, two years of applying to almost every job. And that was it. So Basically, I had been working part time in college. Is that because you're male? Which, like, is is it because it's hard to get a job as a male teacher? No, no, it, it wasn't. I mean, typically, you know, you think about elementary educators, the majority of them are female. So yeah. usually male would give you a little bit of an edge. But that was the time when you drop an application off or send in a resume and there would be two to three hundred other applicants that you were yeah. going up against. So it's hard to stand out in that group. Uh you know, and it's funny because the very first job I ever applied for, I got an interview and I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. And at the time, you know, I wanted to be a teacher. It was, it was, it was, I really enjoyed working with kids. I really liked substitute teaching. Uh, and like I said, at the time it was desirable. Um, now my wife's a teacher now, and it's not as sought after of a job in Wisconsin, put it that way for a lot of different reasons. But I got super fortunate that when I was working at Shields part time, which you, you know, we're you, you're probably not super aware of them. You know, we're basically a, a family employee owned store, sporting goods yeah. store. And I'm aware we have, of Yeah, we have 30, I think around 30 stores now. And uh, basically they asked me if I wanted to be full time fishing manager. And, you know, I was, I don't remember how old I was, 24 or whatever yeah. it was. And I was like, that's probably pretty smart because I had student loans to pay for. I didn't have health insurance. I was making $80 a day substitute teaching. And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. But in the back of my mind, I wanted to be still a teacher. But like what happens with a lot of stuff, I just kind of got pulled in. I love the, the business of it, you know, buying and selling tackle, selling hunting gear, just being in the industry. And on top of that, they were really good to me about, if I needed to, they let me fish whenever I wanted. I fished tournaments, I mean, all over the place, locally and several spots around the country. So uh, I was really lucky to fall into that and stick with it. And when I uh, left, which is a whole nother story of <laughs> why I did, but um it's... Well, you got to tell me now. You can't well, say, well, it's, it's a hard whole to explain. Story. It's hard to explain because... There was a lot of things that went into it. And for a long time, basically my attitude was really changing at work. I was not happy. Uh, and I always thought that it was because of the job, was because yeah. of what I was doing. And frustrated. And, you know, my coworkers could see it. My bosses could see it. And and it basically boiled down to this, this pay review I had with my my boss and it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And when I left that room, I basically said, I'm going to quit that spring or, you know, in a year and uh, try to fish the elites. I talked to my wife, talked to my dad and they said to do it. And there was all these things that kept coming up. Like, you know, I had a, a, a friend that got in a really bad car accident. He survived, but 
Um, you know, he's based, he's like, dude, you got to do it. I had another uh, a guy I worked with who I, w- I was fairly close with when he worked with me, but you know, when he got a different job, we, we weren't as close, but he, and he was my age. He passed away mysteriously. Like all these things were happening where basically for 16 years of my life, I greed was the main factor that motivated my everyday decisions. Yeah. All I was trying to play about, it safe and make sure you well, made just, money. Yeah. You want to make, you know, how you get in a job and in a job where your performance based, you know, how much you make is based on your performance. Um, that was all I thought about. And when I didn't have a good day, it was, uh, it wrecked me where in retrospect, it wasn't a bad day. Like you think back on it now and it's like, that wasn't a bad day. Yeah. So all this stuff happened and, and I basically was, I knew my dad told me, he said, you will regret it if you don't do it. And I think you can, I think you can do it. So, and, and I was blessed that unlike a lot of these 20, 21, 22 year olds coming in, I had made a good living for several years and I was very smart with money. And honestly, I won, you know, a pretty substantial amount of money fishing local, local events. And I wasn't stupid with it. So I had a good cushion and, and honestly, when I went and I told one, basically that next year, when we came to that pay review and I told them I was going to quit, I was so scared of what was going to happen because of the relationship I had built. And the guy who basically lit the flame was one of the most supportive people. Like he was like, you absolutely need to do it. And you don't need to quit. If you want to go do it, we'll work it out. We will let you work full time and we'll just work around your schedule. And I said, no, I'm going to just be done. I'll work part time. But the next thing you know, Shields is my title sponsor. I'm working with them at the corporate level a little bit now. You know, Josh Douglas is also yeah. you know part of the team. Yeah. And so it like completely f- flipped around of like being so scared of burning that bridge to now it's just getting stronger in my opinion i still work there part-time when i'm back in the fall when they need help i'm there they let me keep keep my retirement which is huge for someone you know for me who had worked there for so long yeah so uh it's just crazy how it didn't, it didn't go how I thought it was going to go in that conversation. And it turned into something wonderful that now I get to have that in my back pocket and I get to do what I've absolutely hundred percent wanted to do since I was in seventh grade. So I've got a whole different outlook on life now. So how do you just shed that off? Cause I'm right now, I'm sure there's people listening to this and they're like, yeah, I'm miserable with my job. I want to make the jump. I want to do it. And there's so many people that talk about it. But and I think that's why you got the support you got, because I think that there's, two, you know, if you try to do something when you're in your early 20s, you know, a lot of people want you to be safe, but they also say, hey, you're young, you, you can try things. But I also think there's like another section of your life. And I think you're in it where there's a lot of people you're surrounded by people that their dream might not be the elite series. It might be something totally different, but they're, they've got something in them that they're like not taking that risk. So they really respect when they see somebody. Is that what you felt or? Yeah. So here's the, here's the thing that I thought about and I've said it on other interviews and I said it like in my, the nation speech after I won that tournament is like, if you think about it, when you're young, like when you're, 
middle school, high school, into college, everybody that you're around, whether it's teachers, your parents, any anybody, they all tell you to chase your dreams. You, you got to yeah. chase your dreams. Don't stop until you, you know you get to do what you really want to do. But once you get through college, that stops. Then all that people talk about is, okay, you need to get a good job and you need to start working towards retirement so you can be done working when you're 60 years old. I, so think about it. That's yeah, what no, happens. true. Be and responsible. That's what, and that's, that's just how our society is, is like teaching just the whole, that's how it's set up is like, Go through school, work hard through school. Once you're done with school, get a job, work hard, and then hopefully you can retire when you're 55 or 60 years old. And then hopefully you live till you're 80 years old and you can maybe enjoy the last 20 years of your life, which that was another other thing that I saw in my job is I would see these people that would do that. They'd retire at 60, 65, and then they wouldn't do anything yeah. or they just physically couldn't do it. Or they were so ingrained in their job, they just they would be retired for about three months and they'd get a part time job. And that's what they that's what they do. Yeah. And I just when I had a few of those things happen in my life and I was pulled into that, like I was making good money, great retirement, like my job for the most part. And, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, I was 38 when I left. If I had worked for 10 more years doing what I was doing, I, I would have been very set, very well off. But I didn't care anymore. Like, I, I just, I want to go do what I've always wanted to do. I'm going to take a chance. Worst case scenario is I don't make it. I burn up some money, but I can get another job. It maybe cost me a little bit on the back end, yeah. working a little longer. But I don't want to be that guy sitting on my deathbed saying, I wish I would have done it. Because at some point in everyone's life, they, they, they realize that money isn't everything. And sometimes it, it doesn't mean anything. Other, I mean, yeah, it's great to have. I like money. I like to make money. I need it to do what I'm doing. I need a lot of it. You know that. A lot of people know that. But in the end, it doesn't matter. If you, if you, that's all you're worried about, you're ultimately, you're just not. You're, you're Nobody not lays in be, their deathbed saying, I wish I made 10 more grand. I wish I made more money. And it's, I firmly believe that that's one point in everyone's life they realize that and it's just a matter of you realize it when you're 25 when you're 40 or when you're you're at your very end so i'm fortunate that i made that shift in my mind in my late 30s and pulled the pin and went all in and that year 2020 the year i fished the opens and qualified fished the nation i was so focused i had when i walked out of work that day there was like, I felt completely different. Just the weight was off my shoulders, complete freedom. And I fished. That was the best year of my life. I made more money that year. I won tons of tournaments. I traveled all over the country. I made the, you know, elites through the opens. I won the, I won the state tournament, the regional tournament and the national tournament all in that same year. Yeah, I just, it was unbelievable. Like I was on a different level. I had nothing in my mind that was negative. Everything was positive and everything started rolling. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. I think people forget about that. And I've always tried to, to push that. So people remember, because 
you know, Bass Nation obviously stands out, but that's not the only way. Like you double qualified for the Elite Series. And at a time where everybody's like, it's impossible to make the Elite Series, you went and qualified through the Bass Nation and through the Bass Opens, which I still think is incredible. So how do you feel it's going? You know, and I appreciate you always bringing that up because you're you are one of the few people that recognizes that and you know, a couple different instances, you kind of stood up for me and backed me, you know, when a couple of the other members of the media team were not necessarily saying good things about me and you stood up for me. I appreciate that you bringing that up, but I don't know as far as how it's going. I, uh, who said bad things about you? Well, so basically (laughs) not bad, but not positive. So the first time I ever got on camera, right. Was on Uh the Harris chain, Uh you know, and I was in, second like I had big bag the first day and I was sight fishing and sight fishing in Florida that ain't like you're gonna roll in and catch 22 pounds the next day guaranteed yeah so when Zona called me and he's asked me how the day went I'm like well I've fished offshore a little bit and then I went shallow and I caught two giant ones on beds but I don't know if I can do that again I mean, what you're, you're fishing the same canals as John Cox and Kobe Krieger and all these guys yeah, that are doing the same thing. And so he kind of took, and I, you know, basically I had a couple people tell me, they're like, well, did you watch, this is after the tournament, right? You know, they're like, well, did you watch the live cover? They said, no, I haven't. Yet. And they're like, well, you, you know, kind of, they don't say the best things about you. So I'm like, really? So I started watching it and, and I was struggling that day. Like I wasn't catch, catching them that good. I had a limit, but I wasn't catching them that good. And, and Zona, Zona and old Ronnie Moore, they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're not surprised that Shopper's not catching them. We, you know, we didn't really expect him to catch them or whatever they said. But, you know, Brandon Lester, man, why isn't he catching just like down? Because I was beating him most of the day. But they were just like down, like just like they, they knew I wasn't going to catch them. And I, I stopped watching. I'm like, them son of a bitch is like, this is my first day on live. You know, like I've never had the camera in the bowl. Like I'm not, I don't really get nervous, but I knew that that kind of fishing that I was doing, it was high risk, high reward. I mean, and it was, they did, I don't know. It was just like rub me the wrong way, but you didn't, you, you like brought that up. Like this guy can fish and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, that's cool. But the the rest of it, I I stopped watching it because it just kind of, kind of got to me. Not that they were like, oh, he sucks. But it's just like not what I was expecting. I get that. But I also think that people got to understand that they got to talk for a long time. And, oh, and whenever somebody hears and 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 I think now I don't know the instance, so I'm not. But but I mean, I if I don't defend Zona, I mean, I, I, I have to at some point um, just because I feel like. A lot of times things are said like that, like, yeah, I'm not surprised because last night when I talked to him, he said I fished offshore for a bit. Then I got two big ones. Who knows if I'll do it again? So to say the next day that I'm not shocked he isn't getting them because this is what he told me last night. But when you hear it, it hurts. I get it. It's 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 also part of being like every UFC commentator, every UFC fighter gets mad at Joe Rogan because they think he you know what I mean? I think that. I think that sometimes commentators are put in a weird spot where. Yeah. And I like Zona's great. I, I think I could hang out with him and drink beers and just have fun and fit. He's great, but, and I'm not, and I understand that's, you guys got to sit there for that all day and have conversation. And honestly, you know, you want to create drama. That's part of the program. So, 
but it was just it kind of it kind of stung a little bit when it's like Jim gotcha. Kirk. It's like I've been waiting my whole life for this. I have a big day, and then it's just I don't know. Kind of hurt a little, hurt my pride a little bit. But I get it. It's not like you know I want to go and punch Zona or Ron. It's not that oh, at all. No, like no, I, no. you know, I I think Zona's great. I love him. I've looked up to him for forever, and I. It be awesome to spend a day with them and but it, it was just one of the things it. where i was like you know so in your head the dream is not it's it's being said the exact opposite that exact yes. same voice is now yeah. here with pat slapper first day on the Bassmaster elite series and he's here to stay i get it um so anyways we, we, we've unearthed yeah. that well, demon yeah um, that's i'm glad one. i stood yeah. up for you because it would have made this podcast a little no it would no it, it would have been i'm hey i got thick skin i can take it i grew up a middle middle brother and i i i can take it but that that it just stung a little bit just I a gotcha. little bit i gotcha yeah i gotcha so um uh, i think we started with how's it going so far so uh so so you it <laughs> How, where do you think you're at with your elite series career? I don't at this know. point. I, I'm all over the board. I, you know, last year was not great. I, I think I made four cuts and I finished like 55th. Out. I think what we have 105 last year. So I'm so kind of yeah. in the middle. Um, and I, last year I kind of got caught up in a lot of the hoopla and just, just did, just did a lot of dumb stuff. And then what do you mean? This, hoopla? Like doc, talk? Well, doc talk. And I learned a long time ago that, you don't do, I don't do like back home. I don't talk to anybody, but you start, these guys are like, Oh man, you know, cool people. And they say this and that. And it's like, they're not there to help you. They're there to do a job. They, I get it. It was my, and I'm not, I'm not blaming that on me doing crappy and poor events last year at no, all. But everyone but just, does that. It seems. Yeah. It like gets you in your head. Harder. Yeah. It gets in your head a little bit. And then, you know, this year. So last year was that like, not a horrible year, but not great. Didn't make the classic, but I didn't finish way at the bottom, you know, yeah. so I wasn't, you know, a little, I'm still a little worried about getting caught depending on what all happens, but I'm not one of them guys. That's like, I got to like catch them, catch them or I'm going to be gone next year. So this year I came in and I mean, after last season, everybody's talking like, well, I'm going on these hunting trips. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I went fishing. I went out to Oahe for eight days. I went back to New York for eight days. I was in lacrosse. I don't know how many days, like I didn't stop. I haven't bow hunted for two years now. I rifle hunted for, I think five days. Every other day I spent fishing, trying, like I cannot sit back. And if I get caught, I don't want to get caught and look back and say, I could have drove back out to New York and worked, worked yeah. on my game. So that's what, and then this year too, you know, I went to Sandy Cooper. I went to Harris chain. I went to St. John's. I went to Chickamauga. I went to Pickwick. Like there ain't a whole lot of guys that do that anymore. And it paid off. Like I I've this year I've fished a lot better other than day two of St. John's and the whole Pickwick event, like every other event, like I've, I'm trying to base my performance on, did I make good decisions that day? Yeah. That, did I do, not that it always works out, but did I make good decisions? Harris Chain, uh, Santee Cooper, Chickamauga, Lake Fork, I made great decisions. And that's why I had a good turn. Pickwick, I did dumb stuff all day. It was just, I've never fished a ledge tournament. I, I didn't know 
you just pull up on people and fish. I, I didn't know about that. That's a whole. Yeah, you said that on stage, uh, like oh you said, I'll, I will fish here differently. I, I didn't don't. realize the etiquette. Like, no. was it just like? How'd you realize it by the end of the week? Just having that many people pull up and just- pull up on you. Yeah, like they pull up on you, or I, I, oh my god, I had people drive in front of just cut me off and like, looks. That's more of a one person, but just. I'm not used to that. Like back here, like if you, if you pull up within 50 yards of someone, you better be ready because you're going to hear about it. But there it's just like, Oh, you pull up and then, you know, there's four people sitting on a spot, but it's hard for me when I'm driving by Jason Christie sitting where I want to fish. Am I going to pull up on Jason Christie and say, Hey, you know, can I, can I fish right next to you? That's just not in my blood, but that, I got a third place because I didn't want to pull up on Chris Eldane and Mark Frazier who were sitting on the biggest school that I found. I didn't want to pull up on Jacob Fouts who was sitting on the other biggest school that I found. I drove over there and stopped and had them, you know, look at me, but I didn't have the balls to pull in there. You know what I'm saying? So now I know like you got to do it. I, you, there's just, and I've never fished well ledge tournament on the Tennessee river for, Sure. So I don't know what the community spots are. I don't know any of that stuff. Now I do. It, now I know what to do. And a ledge event has its own set of rules, too. Like, I mean, I'll be honest, the first time I ever covered a ledge event, I was like, whoa, this is different. Like, you've got people like right on top of each other. And it's I mean, Fork can be like that at times, too. And I'm sure it was this year. But yeah. but a ledge event is like, you. I mean, for the rest of the season, you probably won't see that. You, you will see yeah. people sharing water, I'm sure, at all three of those events because it just happens, but it's not the same. It's not, you're not literally right on top of each other. Yeah, and, that was a different world for me. I just and I didn't have a great practice in in historically. That's I mean, usually I do good in the Tennessee River. Every event I've done well down there. That's Whether where you won your Bass Nation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I won yeah. On, on on Pickwick. And last year when we were there, I was doing real. I mean, I think I was in 14th after the second day, and then my boat broke down the third day. But I still had a decent event. Where this one was just like, it was a learning experience. Put it that way. I could talk yeah. about it for the next three hours, but it's it's over now. I got to try to get over it. I got to take the lessons I learned out of it. And if we go back, if I, if I'm around next year or that, however many years I'm around, if we go back to an event like that, now I know that, you know, we just, you just got to work it out with the person and, and, and try to work together. That's, that's just what you got to do. So. I, I haven't seen the list. I, on purpose, I don't look at the list. I mean, cause I, I don't, uh, it's a weird position I get put in. You know what I mean? Like you guys are yeah. all friends and, and uh, that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on here. I'm like, there's so much more to Pat that nobody's ever seen that I think I've seen little glimpses of just in our <laughs> casual conversations. You know what I mean? Whether it be at night of champions or it be at just walking away from a way in or something, you know what I mean? We've had some pretty cool conversations that I'm like, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of that. Um, so I haven't seen the list, but you've mentioned a few times are you concerned about getting cut this year? Well, I, you know, the last one that came out, I was quite a, you know, I was in 12, 12th in AOI at that point this year. So I was quite a ways off. But I mean, if I don't make the class, like if I finish in the 50s, I'll, it'll be, it'll be close, which is weird to think that I beat half the field last year and, 
almost half the field this year. And I get caught. I mean, there's a lot of like yeah. conversation. It's yeah. To- it's like, Jiminy's, I've been here two years. I didn't have horrible, which I could bomb the next three and really have a bad year, but um, I hope not. But it's just hard to, it's hard to not have it on your mind, yeah. you know, a little and, and just think of what am I going to do? I'm, I, I'm certainly not going to try to do it through the opens again. I don't know what I'll do. I, I don't want to have to worry about it, but um, I don't know where I'll be after this next list that comes up because I fell the 33rd after uh, Pickwick. So I'll definitely slide down the list, but uh, I, I'm not, you know, Bob, Bob, Caleb and me have this conversation all the time and I just got to catch them. And I just got to catch them and that's it. If, if I don't, then, then we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's the truth though. Every problem in pro fishing, whether it doesn't really even matter what the problem is, it gets fixed by catching more fish, like literally every single problem. Um, But it's hard to focus on catching fish when you've got that over you. And I think that that is, that's the one thing that fans don't see Mm -hmm. and don't get a, Real the amount of pressure, and there's some people who get eliminated from the elite series simply because of that pressure. Like they start, they start fishing for 50s. You know what I mean? I need to be in the I can't bomb. I gotta stay in this list. And and that's not what any of those trophies behind you, you got none of them for fishing for 50s. It's no. always been a totally different goal. Um yeah, I'm not used to being middle of the pack angler whether it was local stuff around here from when i was 16 15 16 years old you know whether it was the big circuits in wisconsin the opens uh, you know i i'm just not used to that and now it's like it's a different and yeah it's funny because you talk to people and like oh yeah you're doing good uh you're like well not really i'm not doing good i'm i'm surviving you know what i'm saying and they don't understand that, you know, 50th place isn't good or getting a check in 47th isn't good. It's not bad, but it's not good. I'm just not used to, and I'll never have the mindset of, I need to survive. I mean, I'll have that maybe in some term, like Pickwick, I had that, like, I got to survive this somehow. I got to catch them, but I'm never going into a tournament saying, I'm just going to try to, to try to, you know, get 50th. Like I'm always trying to, 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 to win or, you know, you know, make now that I've made one top 10, like I really like want to get back there. And um, that's just not how I, like you said, that's not how you get a lot of trophies is fishing that way. So I'm not changing that for sure. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like it's, and I, I think it's been a thing even since, Long before I even worked for Bass, but once they started paying ten thousand dollars for fiftieth place, it changes people's mind. And and I, I, I didn't pay for a ticket to even have a vote in this. So I trust me. I, I, I the the if I'm any good at my job, the number one reason I'm good at my job is because I have the utmost respect for you guys and what you've laid on the line and everything. So I'm not. But I do feel like once you get stuck in that, like there's and there's times where that where a 50th is a victory, the 40th, mm-hmm. the 20th is a, is a giant victory at, at certain times. But but I think, you know, once you start because because that isn't what Jason Christie's fishing for. That's not what Greg Hackney or Brandon Polnick's fishing for. And that's who you want to be competing against. Right. You don't want like 
Next time the cuts come around, you don't want to even have to look at the list. Let's be honest. That's the way it should be if it's going the way the rest of your career went. Yeah, that's the goal um, for sure. I do, you know, I feel like there's definitely very few people that just jump into the elites and they're already, they're just at that top level automatically. Yeah. It's just not super common. So I, I do like the fact that they pay down that far just for sustainability. I mean, no, no, I'm I not, agree with that. You know That's what, what I mean? Saying, it's, but- it, it's, it, it, it's, I'm not shooting for that, but at the end of the year, when I spend $90,000 to fish the elite yeah. series, I better hope that I get some of those $10,000 checks because I can tell you right now, you know, I'm not getting the Brandon Pollock sponsor deals. I'm very fortunate, but I'm not one of them guys that shows up at the beginning of the year and, and, and has, you know, a lot of money sitting there to just not, you know, cause that does, that will make you fish different when you have to get a check to survive. I'm for, I don't have to do that. I don't have to, but, um, I'm not the guy, I'm not a Jason Christie, Brandon Polonick, them guys that have a huge amount of financial backing. So those checks are, yeah, but are, are, are good. It wasn't long ago that Brandon Polonick was sleeping in the back of his truck too. That's, the, that's the other side of the dream. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that work ethic that he had back then, it, it sort of all goes down to, like I tell my yep. kids this, and I really think it's not just fishing, it's everything in life. Like literally at the end of the day, you can have immense talent. But it, I don't care what sport you follow. There's people with immense talent that blow it every single year, whether it be a collegiate level or, or professional level. The key is to have talent, but also to have a really incredible work ethic, to work harder than anybody else and to be decent to work with. I mean, that seems to be what I mean, if you look at all the people that have been successful. That's what they all have in common. There's nobody that like kind of half asses it and makes it long-term. I mean, they might have a splash in the pan, but I, I don't, I don't see any of that happening. Do you? No, no. I, and, and I a hundred percent agree about Polonic because I've talked to him about it. You know, he camps too and I camp and his I've camp is to, different though. Well, yeah, his is different. 43 foot. Yeah. His is car different. Topper. But we've, we, you know, I slept in my truck all year last year and I got a truck camper now and I feel like I'm moving up, but I'm not at that his level or swindles level, but I've talked to Brandon about that and, and, uh, hundred percent agree with what yeah. you said about just working hard and doing the right things and hopefully it falls into place. And that, and that's what has always been my edge and whatever level I fished at is I've, I've generally outwork people. I mean, I, I don't, that's just in my blood. That's how my parents are and my family. Like I, I don't want to leave it out there for, if I can do something to help myself by working, I'm going to do it. And hopefully it pays off. It's, it started to this year. I just need it, need to finish it and, uh, and get it going the right direction again. Well, just, just like you said that your coworker or whoever it was said to you that, if you don't do this, you're going to regret it. If you don't put your all into it, no matter how it ends, like even if it goes good, you know, at a certain point, if you just half-ass it and it goes good, you'll still look back in 10 years and be like, man, if I had really put my heart into it, what could it have been? Or if it doesn't go good, you know what I mean? You want to leave it being like, hey, man, I gave it everything I got. It's a tough, tough thing to do. And, I'm, and you're cool with that. What intrigues me is, 
How do you leave the safe world of your job, like you said, and change your mindset? Like, what, what is your mindset now? Is it just happiness? Like, is, is that, you know, like the way you think you want to do things that make you happy? But obviously there's pressures with this with this particular job that makes you happy. There are a lot of pressures with it, but it's a different. There is some stress. But compared to before, it's nothing. I mean, I'm I'm very blessed and fortunate to get to do what I'm doing right now. And when I have a bad tournament or I have a bad day, that's what I think about is I'm driving around the country. I'm fishing some of the best lakes in the world. I get to, you know, I got to do a live segment with, with Gerald Swindle. That's, I mean, how many people can say that? I mean, I've been watching him since I was, I don't know how old and he's one of the coolest guys in the world. And I got to sit with him during that live mix and talk about stuff. Like I get to do things like that, you know, And I get reminders all, it seems like whenever I'm at a low, I get reminders of what I'm doing of, you know, something happens bad to somebody or, you know, I just, it's hard for me not to be happy, even when I have, and I'm really hard on myself, like I'm really hard on myself after bad tournaments, but when I sit down and I think about it, I'm going fishing, I'm trying to catch bass to maybe win a lot of money. I, I've, I've just met some awesome people. I just love the whole atmosphere. I mean, it's, this is, this is the coolest life you could ever ask for. I could ever ask for It's It's unbelievable. So I'm really blessed and it, it, I can overcome a lot of negative things and bad events and still feel pretty good about it. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just talked about Paul Nick and I mean, one of the, one of his, famous quotes and I'm going to screw it up. But I remember when he won angler of the year, he was like, you know, I get up out of bed some days and I'm like, I know I'm going to catch him. And then there's other days that I get up out of bed and I'm like, it's not going to be easy. And he's like, I'm right. 95% of the time. And so it just tells you that, you know, if you say you're going to catch him and you live in that positive light, I mean, the opportunities will come because if you, I mean, I'm a firm believer when you see people in that negative light, it everything turns to negative. You know what I mean? If that's what you want to focus on, uh, that's where it, where it ends up going. And I know it's tough with the stresses and stuff like that. But um, so where does all this whole mindset come from? The, the, the positive mindset or what? what you're what, you're what? just freedom to walk away from work and focus well, I on think, what you think really matters in life. Well, I, I just think I, I can't really explain a hundred percent why. I mean, when Bob and Caleb both qualified, when I see Fighter doing really well, I see Josh Douglas, I see Matt Stefan, I, I see all these people from our area that that are doing it. You know, I fished against Bob and I fished against Seth, I fished against Austin, and uh, you know that was one thing that kicked kicked me. Kicked they it can do gear. it. Yeah. And then just all that other stuff to have my life where when I would come home at the end of the day and I would be unhappy, like I didn't want to do that anymore. And, and when, when I boiled it down and, and, and once again, it's a little different for me because I was financially stable by no means rich, but financially stable yeah. and I could take the financial risk. So when you thought about worst case scenario, 
I could get another job. You know what I mean? And that was worth the risk of having ultimate happiness for me. And when I changed my mindset to that of worrying about being happy and doing what I love versus trying to make as much money as I can, it that's what opened up the world to what it's going on now. And that's what put me on that level of, if I could get back to the way I was fishing in 2020, I don't know what would happen. I'm trying to get there, but um, I think I fished that well that year because I was, I mean, I had been in that corporate world for, I don't know, whatever, in that work world for a long time, eight, 17 years. And it's like, it's like, I wouldn't say like the last day of school, you know, you're getting out and you're just jacked and going and going and going. It's awesome. That's how I felt all year long. So, uh, it's hard to explain how I got in that mindset and how I'm staying in it, but it's, it's absolutely awesome being in it and just, just be able to do what I want, what my wife and I want to go on vacation, to go out West, to go to our cabin, to go just to do whatever we want. I love it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I had a conversation with a buddy uh, a couple of years ago and it was funny because he was saying what's good about being a child is it's the only time in your life that you can just get up in the morning. Like you think of school when you were a kid and and especially summer vacation or whatever. and, And you just get up in the morning and, you don't do what you're supposed to do. You do what you want to do. And yeah. if that's fishing that day, that's cool. If it's doing whatever, it's cool. And when he said it, I, I was really confused because I'm like, I feel like I do that. You know what I mean? Like there's like, even at events, like there's nothing I'd rather do than like when I missed a few days, you know, at Pickwick event, I hated not being there. It wasn't like I was like, Oh, it's great to be off. You know, it, it um, and I think we're very lucky to live in, in a world or have an opportunity to do things like this that, that we truly love. Well, tell me about what you explain as your Jamaican mindset. Well, it's not the Jamaican mindset. I just love going to Jamaica. I love going to Jamaica <laughs> and I love, well, have you been there? Uh, 10 times, 10 times to Jamaica. I've For been real? there a lot. No so kidding. The, no so kidding. I love it because the people down there are just like what we just talked about. All of them are just like happy, which maybe that's for other reasons, but they're, they're happy to be out. You never see anybody in a bad mood down there. And that's the only time of the year that I can relax and have fun and, and not worry about anything. And just to see how a lot of them people are living and how happy they are. Yeah. It just, it just, it gives you a different perspective appreciation for what what i have or what you have what we have um and it's just i I love it i don't know i'm i don't know if i'm in a jamaican mindset but but uh i i love it down there yeah it's i I think it's a lot more work to live not live to work and i think that that generally in society that's it's also the same reason that people like it doesn't, it's not the job that saves you really. It is the mindset because if you showed up for work every day and you focused and you said, I'm not Brandon Polnick or I'm not whoever John Cox, whoever's leading angler of the year at the time, you'd be miserable. It'd be the same thing. If I showed up every day and said, I'm not Mark Zona, you know what I mean? Like 
I'm happy being me. And I think when yeah. you're truly happy in life, it's when you are you. Like I kind of said that about Lester that this past week when I was like watching him win. It's like it's to me, it's not just everybody knew he was going to win sooner or later, but he's like so at peace at his place, you know, where he is in the industry. You know what I mean? Like he knows that a win will come and you try to chase it, but he is. I don't ever look at him and be like, man, that's a guy who's just so hungry and chasing. He's, he's hungry and chasing, but he's also loving life. You know? Yeah. I, he, he's not, you never see him like you never see, I've never seen him in a bad mood or spin out or just go off the rails. You know, he's, he, he's, he's just super steady, super nice, super consistent. And yeah, you knew he was going to win, but not boastful at all. Um, yeah, he, it was his time for sure. And he deserves it. And he's one of them guys you see win and you're like, I'm glad he won. You know, like I'm happy for him. You know, that's, that's, that was cool. So what's, what's the over, we've talked a lot about if it doesn't work out, let's change that first of all, because that, that is the exact opposite of what we've talked about. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Yes. Um, what is your dream? Like what? I mean, you didn't like the way Zona talked about you, but what? Write don't, your, we don't want no, no, no. We don't want write it. your yeah, script. Yeah. This is your opportunity, dude. One thousand percent. Before this podcast airs, I will tell Zona about this conversation. I'll also make sure. But the reason I'll tell him about it is because I know it's coming from a genuine spot. You know what I mean? You're not. It's not two years later, and you're hating on Zona and thinking that yeah, the world's yeah, against yeah. you. Yeah. It's just. I get it. It was day one. And you're like, that's not the script I expected to hear in my yes. dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what is the script you expect to hear in your dreams? You know, I want to be, I, I don't I don't care if I'm one of the big famous guys that has a big crew following them around and ha- having all these followers. I just want to be able to fish and sustain and be happy. I want to make the classic every year. Um, and and I think if I can do that, eventually, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe be in the conversation of winning a tournament or winning AOI or winning the classic. I mean, I, I think that there's been flickers of the ability that I have the ability. I, I don't, maybe I don't, but um, I just want to be able to do it. I just love everything about it. one of the coolest thing that, no, not one of them. The coolest thing besides coming into the classic was when I made the day four cut at Santee and we're behind the stage and you're standing there yelling, you know, all the stats and you're right in our face. Like, and I've always heard about it, but I've not, that was the coolest thing that's happened to me so far. And then walking out on the stage to all those people and having John Cox shake my hand. That's who I'm standing next to. That was like, Honestly, I think that was cooler than the classic because I didn't do good in the classic. And there I was like standing there with the last 10 people standing in that tournament. And I'm just a guy from a town of 2000 people in Northern Wisconsin. It was, I want to, I just want to have them feelings for until I don't want to do it anymore. I mean, I want to be, I just want to be around. And I think if I can be around, stay around, then I'll have my opportunity to, to maybe take one home or, you know, I want this year I wanted to finish top 10 AOI and I was damn near there. Now I don't know if I can do it, but um, 
I, I just, I love it. I love everything. I love everything about it. And I, I, there's nothing else I would want to do. And I don't care as long as I got enough money to keep doing it, whether it's a hundred thousand at the end of the year or 50,000, I don't care about that. All I want to do is, is be part of the elite series for as long as, as I want to. That's, that's it. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever seen it and, and for people watching this, if you haven't seen it, you need to Google it because a lot of what you're saying reminds me of Jim Carrey once did a commencement speech for a university and he talks about his dad and his dad and they grew up not far from me. Funny enough. Um, not that I knew Jim Carrey or his family or anything. They just grew up not far from me. And because they're famous now, I know that they grew up not far from me. Um, but he talks about his dad and he's like, my dad was the funniest person I ever met in my entire life. And I've met every single comedian there is. My dad was way funnier than I ever will be Jim Carrey. And clearly Jim Carrey's funny. And he said, but my dad, he played it safe. He would have loved to be a comedian and, and he loved seeing me be a comedian, but he became an accountant. And he said, mm -hmm. uh, because it was the safe thing to do. And one thing leads to another. He loses his job as an accountant because of a recession and whatever. And Jim Carrey's family at one point lived in a factory at Titan Tires. And the reason they lived in the factory was because his dad got the job to clean Titan Tires and said he owned a cleaning company. But the cleaning company was actually all their kids. And they lived in there <laughs> and nobody knew. And, and he learned from that. He's like, man, if my dad can play it safe. And you can still lose. You might as well do what you love every single day and you'll always be winning. And, and it, to me, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, really, because um, you, you don't know how it's going to work out. And there's no way to play it safe. No, there's not. And if, <laughs> I, can't, who, I can't remember who I was just talking about about this. Like, if you laid out the Elite Series plan financially – and looked at it, there are very few people who would say that makes sense to, to yeah. financially to do that. So, um, you got to get over that, you know, if you're going to go do that and playing it safe. I mean, I did it for, for a long time. That's, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm about anymore. So I just want to be happy and try to catch bass and try to make it as long as I can. Uh, I think you will, dude. I really think you will. I think you're coming into your own, but I do, I do agree with you, man. That, and I've said it in the last few podcasts, that little rumor that's floating out there in the internet world where people are like, oh, it's almost impossible to cut, get cut from the elite series. That is the biggest lie in the history mm -hmm. of lies. It is very hard to stay on the elite series. Just yeah. look at you. Like, I mean, like you said, middle of the pack last year, you have missed two cuts this year and in three events have been in the, in the top 20 and you're still concerned. I don't think you yeah. have to be as concerned, but I think, I hope you don't um, talk to me about the next three events. How did they set up for you? Well, I would think going North would be good. Or are you a weirdo like that other dude that you camp with Caleb who, who like, how weird yeah, is he? No, no. I live from the North. I hate small mouth. I, but he grew up in a little different part of the state. You know, he grew up more shallow. I mean, I think he grew there, there's smallmouth around where he was, yeah. 
but he he was like where I grew up. It was deep, clear lakes. Like I caught my teeth fishing smallmouth. Where yeah, he's just like, if I can't see the bottom and I can't flip my jig, I, I'm uncomfortable. Um, but no, I I think that uh, going north, at least I will be comfortable. You know, yeah. Pickwick, I wasn't comfortable. Um, you know, St. Lawrence last year, I had a really good second day, bad first day. Um, but I've put some time in and I'll be comfortable. Oahe is going to be, I think a good event. I went out there for a while too. Lots of fish. I didn't catch the size at all. These Ed Lofgren seems to think it's going to take 20 pounds a day to make the cut or something ridiculous, but I've heard people saying giant bags, like, well, and you know, here's the thing out there. It's going to fish small. Like, cause they're all in one area, right? There's only a few areas that I found that, I mean, obviously I didn't find everything, but you'd go for a long time without finding them. Then when you found them there, they'd be there, but you put 90, some of us out there I mean, we're going to find the same stuff and people are going to catch them in practice. I mean, I, it'll be a great event. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but supposedly the water's 10 foot lower than it was last year. And last year it was 15 foot low. So um, that could wow. change some things too. Um, and then, you know, lacrosse is, I like it, you know, it's, I wouldn't call it my home pool on the Mississippi, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really excited for that one because there's going to be so many people there to support me. So, uh, I really want to do well on that one, but you know, you never know. Last year we went North. I was like, all right, all right. Now we're in my world. And I got stomped in both of them, you know, Champlain and St. Lawrence. I mean, I caught decent bags, but I got stomped. So um, I feel good about it, but it's not like I'm, you know, counting counting the checks yet. So we'll, we'll no. see. I'm looking forward to it, though. I, I, I mean, I, I think that um, I think that's healthy. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, oh, this will be easy now. And it's never easy. No. It's almost like the one you circle on the calendar is always the, the one that you're like, oh, this is what I'm looking forward to. And if you circle the one you're worried about, quite often people do much like Santee. Did, did you think that that would be your top 10 at the beginning of the season? Well, I went there ahead of time and it was, it was awesome. Like I caught them offshore and when it was cold that week, I was like, oh boy, they're going to be out there. And the first area that I went to in practice, it was infested with giant ones and like big ones. And I'm like, oh my God, yes. Well, that started warming up and then they started moving to the bank and then I was worried. But because of all the homework that I did, like I knew that it could happen. And then I felt good about Santee. I mean, I didn't feel like I... I didn't feel as good as I did after what I stumbled onto day two, which I didn't stumble onto it. I mean, I stumbled on some big fish, but um, I was looking forward to that event. So, yeah, I, ex- I expected to do well on that one. You know, I'm going to just give you one tip right now. Here, if you want commentators to talk better about you, don't use words like I stumbled on. I know it's the truth, but just the other pros are like, well, I moved to the back bay where I knew the fish would be, and there they were. I caught 32 pounds in it. But if you say I stumbled upon these, then they 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 say some stuff. Like well, that. I didn't. St- I mean, I I I went to the first area that I saw like four or five big beds that didn't have a fish on them, 
So I knew them beds were there. Now, did I know there was going to be a nine, 12 and three, seven pounders sitting there? No, but I went right to where I thought they would be and I caught them. So, um, okay. No, don't say stumbled. Say I went to where I knew I was going to catch big bass of the tournament. Yeah. Be a le- little less humble. <laughs> I'm too. I'm very humble. I'm very no, humble. That's good. It's good to be humble. Trust me. Um, what's it like? Well, I mean, obviously we've had, Caleb Kufal on this podcast, and I find him to be a crystal vault of solitude always. Um, doesn't dance, doesn't like, from, from Wisconsin, does not like football or smallmouth bass. Just say that to yourself. What? Or tell me beer. Some, or beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all of these are confusing. Um, does he like cheese? I don't, you know, I don't. The last time, <laughs> last time I talked to him at... Pickwick, he had some shrimp, some shrimp cocktail he bought from Walmart. He was going to eat that night. So I, I don't Big know night. about cheese. So, um, yeah, he's, I didn't know him at all before. And, and he's real quiet, dude, but now I'm getting to know him and yeah, I like him. He's awesome. He's just, uh, he's him and Bob and I have a good, good thing going, I think. So, uh, we, we are all kind of a little different. I kind of keep I try to keep the crew a little lighthearted and try to keep them laughing. And, um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're different than me, but we work well together. <laughs> no, it, I think that what Caleb has figured out. And I think that the sooner people figure it out, being yourself is who you want to be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when you start and I get the doc talk thing because it's hard, like, you know, the number one question in every elite series, pro's mind when they come here i don't care who it is is can i hang well mm-hmm. it's real hard when you're asking yourself can i hang and you're catching them one way it's real hard to be like well greg hackney's wrong and these you know these people that i watched on television are wrong so i think it's natural the doc talk messes with you but the sooner you get to be yourself and i think Caleb's a prime example of that. And as much as you want to make fun of that at certain times, you know what I mean? Like, how can't you like, you know, who else is like that? John Cox, he fishes the way he yeah. wants to fish. And Pickwick was a prime example of that. He was doing something that very, very few other anglers and definitely none in the top 10 were doing. Yeah. I mean, Caleb is a machine with that jig. I mean, he, and, it, and like I said, it helps me too, because, and Bob, because we know if there's a shallow bite, he's going to find it, you know, and, and he tells us like, we're very transparent with each other. So he's not going to miss it. If they're biting a jig under a dock or in a tree or around Cypress, he's going to find it. And and guess what? He's probably going to be in the top 10. So uh, yeah, he ain't changing. I can tell you that. And he shouldn't change because he's, he's one of the best at doing it. What about old Bob? I haven't had old Bob on the podcast yet. I need to have him on here. Yeah, I, I've he, got to have the three of you guys together on one of these. Oh, um, my, that might be dynamic if you did that. <laughs> I, I, I've told Caleb that I was going to go out to dinner with you guys one day, and I still want to do that. So we, we maybe we'll do it there. Um, but what's what's old Bob like on the road? So he's kind of like in between Caleb and myself. You know, Caleb's real quiet. Bob's pretty quiet. But um, – talks a little bit more he he's he's got a camper too i mean he's he's a good dude he's awesome he's fun he's fun to hang out with just just a little more mellow than me but i think he appreciates my humor i get him i get him laughing a lot so um 
I don't know. I like our, I like what we got going. It's, 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 it's fun. It's, it's really nice to be able to call Bob at the end of the day and bounce stuff off him and know he's going to be honest and same with Caleb. So uh, I really like what we got going on. Did you know Bob before this? Cause you didn't know Caleb, right? Did you know Bob? I fished against him here and there. He was from the far Western part yeah. of the state, but some of our, st- he lives in Minnesota now, but he used yeah. to live in Hudson, uh, which is, you know, an hour and a half. Uh, west of me but I fished in one circuit against him a little bit and I think I maybe talked to him a couple times but he's you know super quiet dude so it's not like he would come up to you after a weigh-in and you know you'd share cheese curds or something he just was there and he always did really well share cheese curds after a weigh-in with if I got them yeah in Wisconsin if you got them I love cheese curds they're awesome but um yeah I didn't like hang out with him or anything but i knew who he was yeah you know, and, and uh just so this all got together since you guys have come here to the yeah. elite yeah basically when i made it bob messaged me on instagram and it's like hey if you have questions on anything or need help with anything let me know so i talked started talking to him a little bit and then you know caleb would camp same play we all started kind of talking and then i think it was like like lake champlain last year is when no, it wasn't his pick because Bob helped me on Pickwick last year a little bit. We just kind of started working together a little bit. And then by the beginning of this season, it was pretty much sharing. I wouldn't say not like we're sharing waypoints or anything, but, you know, like on Fork, Caleb's like, hey, man, they're they're biting up shallow flipping. I'm getting a big one every once in a while. And I fished and like I'm known as the deep guy. Like I'm there. If they're out deep, I'm going to find them. And I caught some out deep, but then I started flipping. And I started catching them. That's how I ended up catching a lot of my fish. You know, last year on Champlain, I'm like, hey, I'm getting them on a spinnerbait. And they started getting them on a spinnerbait. And he got them on a spinnerbait on St. Lawrence. So it, that's how it's got to work. Is, yeah. You know, you can't, you can't not tell each other this, the whole story. You know, like I said, we're not necessarily sharing spots, even some areas of the lake, but if we get onto something, we tell each other. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is trust too. Like yes. it's you, you might not have to tell everything, but you better, what you tell better be right. You know? <laughs> and, and once you know that about a group, it's, it's, and I think it's, it's shocking, but also makes sense. There's so many groups like that. You know what I mean? Like oh, not it, like they just kind of form and, and it, and it helps people. Um, I mean, I think it's amazing that you guys could break down a body of water in two and a half days, you know? So I, it doesn't shock me that people work together. Um, all right. Before we let you go, I got, I got to learn about you real quick. What's your favorite movie? All oh, time? I've been waiting for this easiest question of the day. Joe dirt hands down. Joe dirt. Yes. Wow, yes. That's a, that's a good yeah. one. Is that always, Speaking the- of, it's been, it's Joe dirt has been, if it's on, I watch it. doesn't okay. matter what channel, time of the day, I watch it. But do you <laughs> – I've been thinking about this since Chickamauga. I'm assuming you're a movie person too, right? I like movies, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you – maybe I was imagining this, but at takeoff, I think it was on day three, you said a quote from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, my dad's got an early <laughs> yes. set of tools. I can yes. fix it. Yes. yes. I started laughing so hard. And my marshal's like, what the hell are you laughing at? I'm like, did you hear you say that? Yeah. And I'm like, 
okay, you don't, you don't get it. But I was like, oh my God, like we are one in the same. So yeah, that, yeah, I had to mention that. I've been thinking about it since you said it. I literally started, I was, I guarantee I was the only one that was laughing because I was the only one that knew what was going on. But I was, I mean, it was unreal. I started laughing so hard. Yeah. To clarify, what happened was the pontoon boat somehow came up connected to the marker that it was being held to and there was current and it uh, it rammed into Matt Airy's boat during takeoff um, and I just said bro my dad's got an early set of tools <laughs> yes. I can fix it it's weird the amount of crap like that that I spit out throughout away and and stuff that like if you don't know the movies like if you're a happy Gilmore fan like I say a lot of crap from that and uh, different things like that but uh, it's good to know that somebody pays attention to the crap oh, that I'm saying I, I love it I appreciate it because I'm the same way and my kind of drives my wife crazy because she'll be like what are you talking about like haven't you ever seen whatever movies and no so yeah i love it keep them coming favorite favorite genre of music oh i'm all over the board but i i really like 70s classic rock i like 80s stuff big metallica fan like whiskey myers a lot um been listening to a lot of tyler childress lately oh I badass um yeah, I'm a big fan of The Who. That's my walkout song is a Who song. Um, very diverse musical taste, and I'm a very strong competitor and name that tune across all genres besides country music. Country really? music, I don't I don't like twangy country music. You know, some of the old stuff, okay, but you know, for the most part, I I very I stay away from that. See, I don't mind country. I I the only music that I dislike is like really hard like i don't mind metallica but like really bad like hard death metal like i i I, i'm just it makes me too angry i like happy things i don't like i don't even like horror movies like everything i like to ingest (laughs) in my life is happiness like my wife watches all those freaking like doctor shows and somebody's always dying and you're always and i'm like why do you watch this you just it's negative like let's just watch happy gilmore something like that i don't know good stuff the good stuff yeah yeah i think so I think so. I mean, the world needs more happiness and a little less of some other stuff. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, I'm sure next time Mark Zona talks about you, he will call you steady. I don't know. Maybe steady. Well, don't, is that what- I, don't, I don't. Yeah. I, I just, I, and it wasn't, it probably wasn't that big of a deal. But hey, I just, listen, here's all I got to say is before we do the podcast, I always say this, just be honest. And, and you, you proved you were. <laughs> I'm a very like I'm a very honest person. I'm very outspoken. It's got me in in trouble before, you know, on the hockey rink and other places. But um, yeah, I'm always super honest. I'm as honest as anybody you've ever met, and I won't hold back. So that's is. Is there any other grievances you'd like to air right now? Let's let's have this as a cleansing. You know, no, I'm having some issues with one other competitor, but I don't want to bring that up because. I just, I'm not sure how to handle it yet. So uh, probably just needs a, to be a we conversation a or something. It's conversation. Well, I think it's either a conversation or some boxing gloves is one of the two things. So, um, but right. it's not that bad. It's just, it's been, a, it's been in my head here for, and, and I had another run in on Pickwick. So yeah, I, uh, I don't, we shouldn't talk about that though, because we'll, yeah, we'll leave it at that. 
We'll it's not it's not Caleb or Bob, right? Oh no. Oh okay. no, definitely not them two. You ever have run-ins with them? Oh no, never. Never at all. You know, it's funny, like on Chickamauga, Bob and I were talking and we were like fishing the same area of the lake. And so every time he'd tell me something, I'd be like, Oh crap, he found this, he found that. Never saw him one time the whole tournament <laughs> ever. And we were like really close to each other. He said he saw me one time. So no, never any runs with them guys. Never. You think old Bob likes being called old Bob? I think he loves it. I, I uh, never asked him. It just <laughs> his I think parents he loves it. At the first classic, his parents, like they're at the bar and I run into them. Funny enough, I was at the bar too. And they, they said, well, why do you call him old Bob? <laughs> I'm like, well, because he's old Bob. And they're like, but why? And I'm like, well, because Minn Kota guys came up with it. Joby and, uh, and Tim came up with their like uh, old Bob's coming. And really, he is like the world's oldest young man. Like, yeah, yes. Very put together, right? Very like accurate. old Bob. Yeah, old Bob. I love it. I think he likes it, too. You know, he's yeah, he, he I think he likes it. You better keep that one. Yeah, well, I will. I will. <laughs> and uh, I think we're going to keep you around, dude. Um, I think that's all we got, dude. You got anything else you want to air? Any grievances or anything? I think that no, I mean, no grievances. I just hope to uh, keep keep gaining some fans and and uh, having fun and loving life. That's that's what I want to do. I want to be like John Cox and just always be happy driving around with a smile on his face. Isn't that's he what, though? Oh, like, I love it. It, I love it. And uh, I have pressed him on that. And you know what? His answer is great. I'm like, how are you so? Because you think like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he's not always like that, but literally he always is. And uh, I mean, he used to clean out roach infested apartments and repaint <laughs> them and turn them around. You know yeah. what I mean? And he's like, there's no roaches here. This is I'm fishing. And like, yeah. and the way he simplifies things blow me away, blows me away. Like, you know, when he was going through, you know, fishing, at, you know, he had a choice to make. Was he going to come back to the elites or whatever? And he's working things out with me on the phone. And he's like, well, that's six weeks. That's that's sixty thousand dollars. That's six tens. I've got a shot at. And I'm like, and because to me, I'm thinking <laughs> you're John Cox. Like you're, you know, well, you've yeah. won. You must be looking for hundreds. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think in his head, that's what keeps him mellow because he's like, if I get 10 in every one of these, I've had an incredible year. And he yep. goes, I know I'm going to have some that it doesn't happen. It, you know, I have a bad tournament, but he's like, so that's why when I get 30 in one or 40 in one or a hundred in one that eats up all those, but it, it's what keeps him Zen, I guess. And happy. Yeah. Yeah. When you see him running down the lake, a, he always waves. He's, he's always smiling and you never know if he's got two pounds or 25 pounds. You just, you don't know. You have no idea. It's he just his mindset. Life. And I love it. I, I, I just, I look up to him. He's awesome. Well, he's a good person to look up to. And uh, I think you are too, dude. And uh, I think you're an important part of the elite series. And I hope people saw a little bit more of you in this podcast. And I, I'd like to have you back here again in the future. And I, I do want to do that. Um, let's get all of us together, me, you, and the, and the road brothers. And we'll yeah. go to the cracker barrel or something. Go to the cracker that's, barrel. And, yes. Yes. That's cracker where you guys go, isn't podcast. it? Well, I love the cracker barrel. It's good. Well, what's your favorite thing at cracker barrel? There's only two things to get. And oh, that's the chicken fried chicken or the hamburger steak smothered with onions and gravy. Period. I think, 
I think Caleb told me this. I think he said that you told him there's only two things to get <laughs> and you had to order one of those. And uh, yeah, so it's working out pretty good. And uh, I'm predicting big things. These final three events of the season. And uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Okay. That was a fun one. I enjoyed that one. Um, and it's cool to hear a different perspective. Somebody that said, you know, I had life on paper figured out. I had life, what, what school teachers tell you life is, but he decided it just wasn't enough. And I really think that, that a lot of people in this industry um, are those people. I mean, they're people that are just addicted to the outdoors. They love the outdoors. And um, it's not a question of if, or how it's just a question of must. And uh, Pat Slopper is one of those dudes who um, dropped everything and uh, man, he made an impact and um, he promised he'd be honest and he was very honest. Um, got me in a little weirdly uncomfortable spot with uh, the Zona comment, but here's what I have to say. Zona is in my opinion, an incredible broadcaster. I've said it many, many times. Tommy and Zona, you put them together. I honestly think that they could um, broadcast Monday Night Football, the Olympics, anything. Everything's better with their voices. But I'm going to, I said it to Pat on the podcast and I said it after the podcast. Number one, you don't want to harbor that stuff. And I get it. You know, it's your first day on the job. So you're expecting you're going to hear all sorts of good stuff. But here's a tip for all anglers. Um, and, and trust me, I'm not throwing Pat under the bus. I 1000% appreciate his honesty. Very few anglers would ever say that. And I, and I think it's cool that, that he did say that and told us how he feels, but here's a sign. Here's a tip for you. Do not say things like, you know, I fished out deep and then I went in shallow and was surprised by a couple of big sight fish and fish or, you know, I was shocked to catch him. When you say that to a commentator the night before and then the next day you don't catch him, the commentator's just repeating what you said. You know, I'm not really shocked to see this. You know, the way Pat's day went yesterday, he started out deeper, went in shallow, and um, caught a few big bites, which are hard to duplicate the next day. So I don't think there's any harm or any foul on either side. I think Zona's doing his job and Pat Schlopper is, is doing his job. And, and trust me, also don't listen to your buddies because your buddies only want to hear the greatest things on earth said about you. You're in a professional sports arena and um, things are going to get said. Some of them right, some of them wrong. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I got to say about that. Um, because I, I just don't want anyone thinking that 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 he was dirt in Zona, and I don't want um, anyone thinking that Zona ever dirts the anglers. I mean, he is one of the greatest assets the anglers have, and um, and I think you heard that by Pat Schlopper what he said afterwards. Um, so, anyways, I digress. This has gone too long, but I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, I told you it was awkwardly honest. Well. This one was a little more awkward and uh, and quite a bit honest. So um, I'll see you for our next one. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Anybody celebrating anything? Hope you have a great week and we'll see you next week. Uncle Bob, take it away. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?